Hey friend, and welcome back to a super special and exciting episode of the Zero to Full Time Christian Entrepreneur Podcast. The news is finally out. Lucas and I are adopting. I have been preparing to be a mom for years, and I specifically built my online coaching business so that I could be a stay-at-home mom with my babies. And so today, we are gonna be talking about all things domestic adoption, my maternity leave plans as a future adoptive mother, what we're packing in our suitcase for when we go to travel once we're matched and get to meet our little one for the very first time, and my game plan for balancing both mom life and managing a six-figure online coaching business. Let's do it. Hey friend, and welcome to the Zero to Full-Time Christian Entrepreneur Podcast, where we dive deep into all things faith, online courses, coaching, and how to make money from home on Instagram. I'm your host, Cami Wilkie, unapologetic follower of Jesus, wife, dog mom, and your faith-based business coach. If you are tired of your nine to five job, living paycheck to paycheck, and you're ready to go full time as an online coach and course creator on Instagram, then you are in the right place. Buckle up and get ready for business building tips, social media hacks, and a whole lot of Jesus. Let's get to work. It feels so good to finally be able to let you guys in on our secret, the things that we have been working on behind the scenes. We are adopting and we are so thrilled to get to grow our family through adoption. We just seriously could not be happier. A little bit of a backstory. Lucas and I have been waiting to become parents for about two and a half years. And we are just so honored to get to step into this new season of life, this new chapter of our lives of becoming parents. And for as long as I can remember, being a stay-at-home mom is something that I've always, always wanted to do. And that is one of the number one reasons why I built this online coaching business so that I could be a stay-at-home mom someday and also work this business from home on my couch during nap time or what have you and get to do both, get to be an online coach, get to be a business owner and get to be a really present mother to my children. I had a stay-at-home mom growing up and it was the absolute highlight of my childhood. And I recognize that, you know, having a stay-at-home mom or being a stay-at-home mom is not necessarily the right thing or, or the ideal situation for every family. I don't believe that careers or raising littles is this one size fits all thing. I recognize that every family is different, but I will say that for me and my family, when I grew up, having a stay at home mom made a massive difference in our lives of me and my siblings as we grew up. And that was something that I just like really, really coveted in my heart and wanted to give my children that same experience of having mom home when they woke up in the morning, um, having mom present like throughout the day, getting to do fun activities, and then having mom be home 
also when they went to sleep at night. That's just something that I've always wanted to do. And this online business has allowed me the opportunity, like thank you Jesus, to fulfill that dream that has been on my heart for so, so long. So I've had my online coaching business since January of 2019. And as I'm recording this, it is December 22nd, 2022. So I've had my business for almost three years. And specifically over the last several months, I have been restructuring the business so that it could be specifically aligned with motherhood. For example, I created and launched the Kingdom Course Academy. That is my online step-by-step course that teaches women how to generate income on Instagram through coaching and courses. And in the Kingdom Course Academy is like passive income. That's something that I can sell over and over and over and over and not really add any work to my plate. This is one of the biggest reasons why, especially if you are somebody who is not wanting to be working all hours of the day, or maybe you're somebody who wants to enter into a season of of motherhood and you want to stay home with your babies or for whatever reason that maybe you want to have a passive income product. I really, really encourage women to have something that they can sell any day of the year without adding work to their plate. And the Kingdom Course Academy is that evergreen offer for me. And it was, again, specifically designed with motherhood in mind so that it doesn't matter how many clients I sign into the Kingdom Course Academy, I'm not really taking any more hours away from my children in the future when I'm staying at home with them. I also do have another coaching program that I work with clients in. That's my one-on-one customized coaching program. But again, I've structured both of these programs to specifically align with the lifestyle of being a stay-at-home mom, as well as this podcast. If you guys didn't know, podcast episodes have a really, really long content lifespan. What that means is that this podcast episode that I'm recording today could still be getting so many downloads and so many listens years and years and years in the future. Whereas on Instagram, if I post a reel today, it's going to have, you know, a lifespan of maybe a couple a couple days, maybe a couple weeks. So content on podcasts just tends to last longer. People see it more over a longer period of time. And so I've just, like I said, I've been restructuring the business so that it could be aligned and ready to go for when we enter this season of parenthood. That being said, let's go ahead and kind of shift the conversation into domestic adoption, my plans for maternity leave, things that we're doing in the meantime while we're waiting to be matched, what are we doing to prepare, and also how am I planning to manage motherhood and owning a business? I do want to have a quick little disclaimer in here though, you guys. First off, I want to say that Lucas and I are over the moon, so filled with joy, happiness, and excitement about our adoption. We do want to have some boundaries in place though. We recognize that this is not the quote unquote traditional way to grow a family. We know that people are curious about it and we know that people have questions about it and we are happy to share parts of our adoption journey. We are not going to be sharing all of the details of all of the journey and there's a really specific reason for that. 
we want to be very, very careful on what information we do share and what information we keep private just for our immediate family. This is for the protection of our future child. This is for the protection of their personal story that they will share as they want to, if they want to, as they grow older. This is for the privacy and protection of our child's birth parents and also for Lucas and I's privacy as well. There is, uh, if you're an adoptive parent listening to this, then you probably know as you, when you grow your family through adoption, there is a piece of privacy that is lost in that. For example, when a couple wants to have a child biologically, and if the Lord allows them to be, to be blessed, to have a child biologically, they did not have to go through any sort of background checks. They didn't have to hire a home study provider. They didn't have to apply to be parents. They, they had a child biologically were, were conceiving naturally. And there was no prerequisite for that. When you grow your family through adoption, there are so many boxes to be checked as there should be like, like there should be a prerequisite process to adopting a child. But in that prerequisite process of, you know, having a home study provider, background checks, there is a sense of privacy that is lost. It's no longer just about me and my husband wanting to grow our family. It is me, my husband, our home study provider, our agency, future birth parents. It's something that is quickly um, a public affair, if you will. And so there are certain parts of our story that, that we want to keep private just for us. So that being said, we're happy to answer questions, but recognize that there are certain questions that we are just going to kindly decline to respond. And that is for the protection of, again, our future child, their personal story, their birth parents, and our privacy as well. So now that we have that disclaimer out of the way, let's dive in. Lucas and I are adopting domestically. There's lots of different types of adoptions out there. There is international adoption where it's an adoption between different countries. There is domestic adoption, which is what Lucas and I are doing. And that is an adoption within the United States. There is adoption through the foster care system, and there's also embryo adoption as well. I might be missing a few, but those are the main four that um, I've, I've heard about and uh, kind of done some research around. So with adoption, there is a lot of waiting that happens. There is waiting to be home study approved. There's waiting to be matched. And by the way, if you're not familiar with the terminology uh, of what matched means, that means that a birth mother or a birth mother and birth father have chosen adoptive parents to parent their child. There, so there's waiting to be matched and then there's waiting to meet the child, waiting for the adoption to be finalized. There's a lot of waiting that happens. So Lucas and I are in that process where we are now waiting to be matched. Or in other words, we are now waiting for a birth mother or a birth mother and birth father to select Lucas and I to parent their child. So within that time frame, like you just don't you just don't know. You have no idea how long you're going to be waiting. The thing that we have been told to do in the waiting is number 1, keep our phones on us because the way that our agency will contact us and let us know that we, there is a possibility of a match 
is by either calling us or emailing us. And we need to be ready. So we need to have our phones on us at all times. Once that phone rings and there has been a match, from there, a lot of things could happen. We could be matched and have a few months heads up where maybe the child or the children aren't due for a few months, or we could be matched and need to get on a plane within the next three hours. You really just don't know, and we have to be prepared for any and all circumstances. And spontaneousness is very, very much in line with my personality. I love being spontaneous. I love excitement and just being able to expect the unexpected. Like that is very much in line with my personality. And so it does not make me nervous or anxious at all to potentially need to like get the call and then like hurry up and get on a plane within three hours. Like that actually excites me. But that being said, because of the unknown nature of adoption and not knowing how long um, our match may may take or how, how many hours, <laughs> hours or months ahead we would have, we need to be prepared. That leads me to the next part of the conversation. What are we doing in the meantime while we wait for the call? How are we preparing? Well, number one, first and foremost, is prayer. I believe that this is, I believe that every time, all day, every day is a good time for prayer. But specifically in the season of life, I think that prayer is very, very important for us to be praying for our marriage, to be praying for wisdom, to be praying for our future child or future children, to be praying for our agency, to be praying for our birth mom, all of those things. Prayer is huge. Other things that we're doing in this season is creating shopping lists. So like, as I said, we don't know how much heads up we're going to have. Therefore, we need to be ready with the essentials. And if you haven't seen my Instagram yet, I'll go ahead and fill you in here. Lucas and I could potentially adopt a child anywhere between the ages of newborn all the way up to 24 months old. And so, you know, that, that's kind of like a wide range. <laughs> that's a wide range of ages. There could be, it could be a single child. It could be twins. It could be siblings that are newborn and 24 months old, like there's a wide variety of ages, number of children that we could be adopting. And so that it can be really, really tricky to try and prepare when you just don't know the, those types of details. So something that I am going to be doing is creating a newborn essentials list and creating a toddler's essentials list. That way we know what our essentials are regardless of the age of the child that we are matched with. And our agency is really, really wonderful. They provide lists to their adoptive parents, depending upon the age of the child that they're adopting to try and help them prepare to know like, what are the things that you should be packing? What are the things that you should be buying ahead of time? Uh, what are things that maybe you can even like hold off and like not buy till later? And so I wanted to share with you a few of the things that are on our essentials list. And what I realized, because I, I asked this question on Instagram a couple days ago, I asked moms on Instagram who are following me, can you tell me what you feel is essential for a newborn and what do you feel is essential for a toddler? And the responses that I got were very, very helpful. But when I say essential, I'm meaning like bare minimum. <laughs> and some of the responses that I got were not essential things, they were just kind of like sometimes nice things to have. I'm talking about essentials like 
we absolutely cannot not have this thing. And so here are our essentials list for adopting a child. A car seat, number one, cannot, absolutely cannot take that child anywhere, leave the hospital, leave anywhere, travel with that child without a car seat. And I've been doing some research on car seats around one that can really grow with a child or is it adjustable based upon the age of the child. So we could buy like one car seat and it would work for a newborn and it would work for a toddler. And there's there's lots of those out there, which I'm really, really excited about. But even technically a car seat, we don't need to have this in our house like right now. We could, like if we if it really came down to the wire, we could buy a car seat once we arrive in the city that our child is in. Like we don't need to have a car seat right now. The other thing on our list is a stroller. So that way we can walk around with the child or put our child or children into a stroller. And this is also something that we are going to be leaning towards an adjustable one, meaning adjustable towards it could fit for a newborn and it could fit for a toddler. Again, even a stroller is something that we don't technically need until we arrive in the state. So if we want to travel from Nebraska to the state with a stroller, we can. We can also go ahead and just buy one there, which is probably what we'll do so that we don't have to have the hassle of at least traveling with the stroller to the state. It'll just be traveling home from the state. Food. Now that is something that is 100% necessary for the child. And depending on, again, the age of the child, the food is going to differ. If it's a newborn, we're going to be doing formula because clearly I will not be breastfeeding. I'm not giving birth to this child. Therefore, my body will not be ready nor prepared to breastfeed. I have actually though, this is very interesting. I didn't know this. Adoptive mothers can technically breastfeed their newborn children if there is enough heads up. So if I had several months heads up, there are a couple protocols that I, I've heard that there's like a medication that you can take to kind of induce lactation. There are maybe some more, there, there's protocols that I could do to help my body produce milk to breastfeed a newborn baby. I've heard that there's also some negative things about that. <laughs> some really big, big side effects that I could be taking on. We haven't really decided that. But again, because of the nature of domestic adoption, we may not have months and months and months heads up. It could be just a couple hours. The reality is I will probably not be breastfeeding our child. Would love to, would honestly would love to, but probably will not be just due to the unexpected nature. So with that being said, we will probably be doing formula. And Lucas and I are very very particular about food that we put into our bodies and food that our future child will have. So in this season of waiting to be matched, I'm doing research on different types of formulas, really, really picking out a formula that I'm comfortable with the ingredients list, comfortable with the way it's prepared and comfortable giving it to my child. So I'm doing research on food so that we could have formula ready if we are matched with a newborn. But if it's a toddler, if we're if we're adopting a toddler, we probably won't need formula. So again, you're kind of getting a sense of the level of unexpected that we are we're facing here. But it's all fun. We're excited about it. 
I would love to travel with books so that when we are with the child, we can kind of start that bonding. We can start reading to them and, and really just having engaged time spent with them. I'm going to pause here for a moment and let you know. So the agency that we have contracted with works with almost all 50 states. What that means is that it is very rare that we are going to be matched with a child who is already in our state within Nebraska. That means that we are going to need to probably travel across state lines in order to meet our child and take them back home to Nebraska. When there is an adoption across state lines, there's something called ICPC. Please don't ask me to tell you what that is because it stands for some really, really long phrase. I can't remember it. People have told me I can't remember it. But anyway, ICPC essentially means that we will be traveling to the, the state in which our child is at, and we will need to stay in that state for probably, give or take, about two weeks. We'll need to be in that state for that long for so that paperwork can be processed and the right paperwork can be pushed through and approved and, and all the legal stuff can happen behind the scenes so that we can get the green light in order to take our child back home to Nebraska. So during that two week time period, and it's, it may not be exactly two weeks, it could be, you know, it could be more, it could be less, but during that two week time period on average, we're there and, and we wanna have things to do with the child. So that's where I really would love to have some books if I have time to buy age appropriate toys. Like if I know the age of the child and I have enough heads up or I can go out and buy certain toys, I would love to do that. We're gonna have bath time products. Again, Lucas and I are very particular about the products that we put on our body and products that we are gonna be allowing our child to use. We do not use products that have toxic chemicals. We really do not like using products with fragrances in them. And so again, that stuff takes time to research and so that we can have that ahead of time. So here's the essentials list, like the things that we need no matter what. A car seat, a stroller, food. If the child is a newborn, then we'll have formula. If the child is a toddler, then we may or may not need that formula depending upon how old, you know, what age is the toddler. I would love to have some books so that we have, we can really, really start reading to the child and spending that intentional time with them while we're in that state and some bath time products. So that's like our essentials list. Now you might be saying, Cami, um, where's the clothes? Where's the diapers? <laughs> I hear you. And I have a separate list for that. So here is a list of things that depending on how much heads up we have, we will either buy these things prior to us leaving, or if we do not have time, because quite literally you guys, like we've heard stories of people that ha got a call and needed to be on the road within two hours. If we do not have time to buy these things, then we will buy them in the state of which we are traveling to. And these are things like clothes, diapers, age appropriate toys, swaddles if it's a newborn, a noise machine. And there is so much, so much more on that list. But those are just a few of the, the essentials. Those are things that we can't really buy until we know the age of the child. Now the noise machine, We'll probably have a noise machine regardless, um, but I'm just not sure, really sure I wanna travel with a noise machine, to be honest. But this is, we, we, what you can see here is we have so many lists. We have lists that are essential, lists that are not essential, all the things. Something that some of you may be wondering, and honestly, Lucas and I are wondering as well, is will we have a baby shower? And the answer to that is we don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Another unknown in our story here. So for example, as adoptive parents, we get to set what they call preferences. So preferences are where we can say, okay, here is the child that we are open to adopting. Some adoptive parents have an age range of like newborn to three months. Therefore, they know pretty much almost exactly that they will be having either a newborn or a baby that is only three months old, somewhere in there. And so it's maybe a little bit easier for them to have a baby shower ahead of time because they know the eight, that the age range of the child that they're adopting is only within the, that 90 day window. For us, we have a two year window and the, the supplies that a newborn needs is so different than the supplies that a toddler needs. So we have definitely tossed around the idea of a baby shower. It's not something that we've decided on yet. If we did do a baby shower, it would be very, very early 2022. Okay, so we've chatted about the lists, our shopping lists, um, things that we need regardless. We know, we know we need a car seat. We know we need a stroller. We know that we need to at least do research on food, on formula, in case we have a newborn. We want to have some books. We want to have some bath time products. And if we have time and if we have heads up, we will buy clothes, diapers, toys, swaddles, etc. beforehand. If not, we will go ahead and buy those things in the city or in the state that we adopt our child from. Let's talk about maternity leave. <laughs> this is something that I am super excited about. I, I literally dream about and just daydream about the days in which I get to just wake up, snuggle my baby or play with my toddler. And that's all I have to do that day. And so it was really fun to, for Lucas and I to chat through what do we want my maternity leave to look like? And Lucas, the company that Lucas works for is phenomenal and they have really given Lucas a really gracious amount of time that he can take off work in order to be home with me and our child or children. So my maternity leave plans are as follows. Now, before I tell you my maternity leave plans, I want you to keep in mind a few things. A, I work from home. B, me quote unquote working usually looks like me popping on a one hour call, like one or two times, two days a week. And I, because I'm not giving birth to a child, my body does not have to do any physical healing during my maternity leave. So keep these factors in mind when I tell you what my maternity leave plans are. Also, I will preface this by saying, this plan, this game plan can very easily change. And I'm so okay with that. The maternity leave plan that I tell you right now could absolutely be so different once our child is actually here. But here's our game plan from this point. My maternity leave game plan is to take four full weeks off of work completely. And when I do go back to work after those four weeks, I'm only going to be going back two days a week and of those two days that I will be working, I will be working for about two hours. So that's about four hours, maybe five hours a week. And for those five hours where I'm on a coaching call spread out two days a week, I want our child to be with Lucas. I don't want our child to be with a nanny. I want our child to be with Lucas. Or maybe our child is napping. 
Lucas and I specifically planned for my maternity leave for me to go back to taking client calls two days a week while he is still home so that he and I can both really kind of figure out and experiment a little bit with what type of work schedule is going to work best for us. And I want that figured out before Lucas goes back to work. So during those first couple weeks where I am on a coaching call for one hour, maybe two hours, two days a week, our child is not with a nanny. Our child is with their father, building trust, building attachment with their father while mommy is in not another building, not a corporate office 25 minutes away. Mommy is just in her office 25 feet away from daddy and the baby. So we have kind of a really unique situation because I work from home and because me going back to work really only looks like one to two hours, two days a week. I feel that I can go back to work or start to coach clients again about a month after our adoption. Now I say that now, and that could completely change. And I'm, I'm here for it. And if that needs to change, I'm totally cool with that. Um, but that's the game plan that we have right now. During our maternity leave, our focuses are building trust and building attachment. When a child is born biologically and is raised by their biological parents, there is nine months, give or take, where that child has heard their mother's voice every single day and probably heard their father's voice every single day. In an adoption, that doesn't happen. When we adopt a child, even if it's a newborn, we are still strangers. We are two people, two voices, two beings that that child, even if it's a newborn, did not spend the last nine months in the womb hearing our voices, getting familiar with us. And if we adopt a toddler or a two-year-old, there were two whole years on this earth where that child was not with us. Lucas and I are strangers to this child. And so we need to be very, very intentional about building trust and building attachment so that our child knows that we are mommy and daddy, not the nanny, not grandma and grandpa. We need to establish ourselves as this is daddy, this is mommy, here's your puppies, this is your house, this is your room, this is your bed, and really help to build trust that we haven't had a chance to build up to the point until we've met that child. That's what we're really, really focused on during maternity leave and even after maternity leave. We are focused on trust and attachment. Once Lucas goes back to work, and we have no idea how long Lucas is going to take off. Again, his the company he works for is phenomenal. They've given him a um, very gracious amount of time that he can take all of it. He can take some of it. Um, they've really given him a lot of time so that he has flexibility to kind of understand what's happening at home and make sure that me and, and our children are super, super good before he leaves. But once Lucas goes back to work and once I am back, quote unquote, full time at my work, my work times will look like 11 and a half to 12 and a half hours of work per week. And a lot of that is happening in the early mornings before our child wakes up and during nap time. 
I will, like I mentioned, I will have coaching calls two days a week where I will be working one hour to two hours, two days a week on a coaching call. And so during those times, we're talking about having um, a nanny or someone very, very familiar to the child to come into our home, not the child leave our home, someone to come into our home and hang out with our child while I am in the other room taking a coaching call. Again, I specifically structured my business to align with the lifestyle that I desire to be a stay-at-home mom. So let this be kind of, I wanna just say attention here to coaches who are either already mothers or coaches who are desiring to be mothers. Build your business around your motherhood. Do not build your motherhood around your business. I heard one of my really good friends, Sally Moppin, say that the other day, and I thought it was so full of wisdom that our businesses need to fit our motherhood. We do not, we, we don't change our motherhood to fit our business. We change our business to fit our motherhood. And that's something that I've been really, really intentional about over the last several months to structure this business accordingly. So I wanted to kind of break down for you where, what is happening in those 11 and a half to 12 and a half hours of work per week? Like, like what, what is, what am I doing during those work hours? So I've broken it down into three categories, actively coaching a client. Like I'm on a zoom call chatting with a client. I'm creating content or I'm doing DM strategy. So I will be coaching clients on Zoom about five to six hours a week, two days a week. And that is total. So it's not six hours on Tuesday, six hours on Thursday. It's like two hours on Tuesday and like two to three hours on Thursday. So five to six hours total of actively coaching. I have planned out about four hours a week to create content about two hours to create posts for Instagram and about two hours to create a podcast episode. And then lastly, I have planned about two and a half hours a week for DM strategy, where essentially for 30 minutes a day, I sit down in my DMs and I engage with either new accounts or people who are already following me and really nurturing those leads. So that adds up to about 11 and a half to 12 and a half hours of work a week, which is so beautiful to me where I get to earn a full-time income, working incredibly minimal hours within my home and be a stay-at-home mom. Like that is my dream come true. You guys, thank you so much. We wanna take a second just to say thank you to every single person who has liked or commented on our announcement, um, just really giving us encouragement and love. We really, really appreciate it. Um, the number one way that people can be supporting us in this time is by praying, praying for Lucas and I to have wisdom, praying that the Lord would, would lead us to the right match, praying, praying for our future child, praying for our child's birth parents, really, really just covering us in prayer. If you want to hear me talk more about adoption, I talk about it more on my Instagram. You can follow me at cami.wilkie on Instagram. I've even created a little highlight all about our adoption where I talk more generally about our adoption process. Again, Lucas and I are being really, really careful on information that we choose to share and information that we choose to keep private for the protection of our child, their story, their birth parents, and in our privacy as well. So we know, again, we're here, we're excited, we're happy to answer questions, but there are certain questions that we're just not open to sharing. But if you do wanna hear and kind of follow along with our adoption journey, you can follow me on Instagram and I will be sharing more over there. You guys, this feels like a dream come true, like, like the biggest prayer that the Lord, one of the biggest prayers that the Lord has answered, probably the biggest prayer that God, God has ever answered is my husband. He is 
my absolute dream come true. Becoming a mother is the second biggest prayer that I really believe that the Lord has answered. And I feel so honored to get to be a mother, to be a stay-at-home mom, and to also get to build this business that the Lord has called me to. I love you guys, and I will keep you updated more so on Instagram than here on the podcast. I really want to keep this more for business development, talking about Jesus, you know, social media hacks. So be sure to follow me on Instagram for more updates on our adoption. I love you guys, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Zero to Full-Time Christian Entrepreneur Podcast. Mm-hmm.